um, we're teaching them how to also get out and do that. So, but we've also done tire events for Nexon and Don's done stuff for Hancock and all kinds of brands, Toyo. Um, and then we also did a Ram truck event where we um, were assisting and helping uh, Nina Barlow and, in that event. So we do a lot of different things for different corporate stuff as well. Hi, I'm Tony, and welcome to the Jeep Talk Show, where we eat, sleep, and breathe all things Jeep. <laughs> We're the show that's perfect for anyone who's ever gone off-road and felt the thrill of conquering impossible terrain in trail-rated Jeeps. Our show is for Jeep enthusiasts who are always up for a challenge. Who knows that that Jeep isn't just a vehicle, it's a way of life. We'll bring you the latest news updates and then the newest models give you tips, tricks uh, for modifying your ride and share stories from fellow Jeepers who have tackled the toughest trails. So buckle up, grab your favorite beverage, and get ready to ride along with the Jeep Talk Show. On this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, uh, in the news, a sneak peek at the big changes to the 2024 model year Wrangler. I hope to Dear God, you don't, you're not going to say IFS, Josh. <laughs> you know, it's almost April 1st, and that means Easter Jeep Safari. Yes, we're going to talk more about it, uh, just to make you feel bad if you're not going. And Tech Talk has Josh explaining the new ways to hold your nuts. Oh, dear. <laughs> and I want to re- reiterate some uh, announcements we made on Tuesday. We have 10 Jeeps, and mind you, the Easter Jeep Safari is this weekend. So we have 10 Jeeps from JTS going to Easter Jeep Safari. Not 10 people, 10 Jeeps. There'll be more JTS people that are be going. And I'm going to be going in the 2021 Jeep Talk Show Gladiator. A nice 20-hour ride there. Uh, but, uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing all the terrain because I know that West Texas is beautiful. I know that uh, New Mexico, uh, Colorado, and of course uh, the destination uh, Utah are going to be just wonderful. And you know when you're planning a trip out, uh, and you're going from southeast Texas. You really like seeing that Moab is is very is closer to Texas than the, than the rest of pretty much the rest of, uh, of, of Utah. Utah. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah, nice. That's that true. doesn't usually happen that way. <laughs> so I want to remind everybody that uh, we are not going. Since I'm going to be at EJS, we are not going to be able to record episodes uh, that we would normally uh, publish on Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, and Thursday the week after EJS. So April 11th, 12th, and 13th. Uh, no episodes, but we will have an interview episode that week on the 14th, Friday the 14th. The Jeep Won't Talk Show. Huh? So we're not going to leave you hanging. No, no, no. Nope. We, we want to make sure that you're aware of that because I really don't want to be at, uh, at Easter Jeep Safari. People looking at me going, where's the episode, dude? So, I'm, <laughs> you know I'm, I'm here. Gonna come. <laughs> I'm they here. They will. They're going to ask you. They're going to ask for an interview. Because I'm here. And they go, don't you have people that can do that? I said, yes, me. That's it. I am the people. <laughs> and really, it's not It's not that other people can't do it. It's just I got the equipment to do all the recording and then the, the passwords yeah. to publish and everything. So exactly. uh, um, this is how I keep from getting fired. Uh, you know, also, too, I want to remind you guys the Easter, uh, the Easter, <laughs> I'm thinking about Easter Jeep Safari so much. The Jeep Talk Show website now has an events section. You can Ooh. go to our site, jeeptalkshow.com, and click on events to find out more about upcoming events. See how that works? It makes sense. I like it. <laughs> this includes the Jeep Talk Show at EJS and and the June third uh, Jeep Talk Show Texas event. So if you didn't know what date that was, that's when that's going to be. Are you ready? It's time for the Jeep Talk Show with hosts Tony, Josh, Wendy, and Chuck. 
Well, howdy, it's Wendy, and I'm just going to remind you to make sure you listen to my segment on Tuesdays. And by the way, you did know we have four episodes a week now, right? And I'm Josh, and all I've got to say is pinch and roll, pinch and roll. (laughs) I just got that. (laughs) Oh, well, we know you love the show, but do you hate the commercials? Well, we've been trying to keep it commercial free, but... Dang it, we need money to do things like going to Easter Jeep Safari and having all kinds of off-road events. The commercials are at the beginning and ending of the episode, but if you'd rather go commercial-free, I have an idea for you. You might just be interested in a subscription. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com contact and look for Patreon. You can subscribe for as little as $5. Check it out. It only took us 10 years to get here. <laughs> but we're here. <laughs> Well, here's a story that you're only going to be hearing here on the Jeep Talk Show. We know that, a, that Jeep has a mid-cycle refresh planned for the Wrangler, but the exact details won't be released until Jeep actually debuts the model. For now, though, what we know is based off of a leaked video from within the Stellantis dealer network. This video, which we do not have, allegedly shows dealers only what to expect as far as the changes to technology, outfitting, and capabilities did not go into any detail as to what the 2024 model will look like. What the video supposedly does say as far as looks go is that the design changes will be minimal, and the biggest change to the outward appearance of the 2024 Wrangler is going to be to the grille, hinting that it will resemble more closely the grille from the Rubicon 392 20th Anniversary Edition. In the list of other changes for the 2024 model year, speaking of the 392, it's going to return, but will come standard with 35-inch tires and 456 gearing. I guess there was a little too many people burning off those 33s. I don't know. Another change is more luxurious than big rubber and includes the return of the high-altitude luxury trim for the 2024 Wrangler 4XE. This time, it will be on its own standalone trim, no longer falling under the Sahara trim, and will now have the Sky One or the Sky One Touch power top as standard equipment. Jeep is also making some production changes to help streamline delivery to dealers. They're allegedly going to accomplish this by reducing the number of trim configurations available to consumers. For the 2024 model year, there will be only two Rubicon trim options. The second being a fully luxury option, such as coming with leather seats, forward collision warning, and body color fenders. And because everybody and their grandma has been complaining about the prices of electrified Jeeps, they will now offer an entry-level Wrangler 4XE in the Sport S trim level. The Willys model will also receive an update with more ground clearance and added traction, likely featuring a new off-road tire package as well. And that raises the question in my book, could this be the debut of the rumored partnership between Jeep and Nexon Tires? Oh, please tell me it is. That's what I'm thinking, at least. Uh, now, the, the Willys has been sort of the poor man's Rubicon, if you will. You can get a Jeep with some pretty substantial amount of off-road prowess, just without all of the uh, flair and, and uh, extra goodies that you get with the Rubicon. The Willys is certainly the way to go if you uh, you want a capable Jeep but don't have the money for a Rubicon package. Now, with that being said, a m- capable Jeep coming with mud terrain tires from the factory, we've heard rumors about Nexon Tire and Jeep having a relationship and possibly even being the stock tire choice for Jeeps moving forward. But was that just a rumor? Mm, we'll find oh, out. Maybe, maybe we'll find out next year. What is also interesting about the 2024 changes is that there is a rumored new heavy-duty axle option for Jeep Wranglers. This allegedly will allow customers to tow 
even more than the current max tow package gives you, although we don't know the details behind which engine it will be offered with or how much it will tow just yet. I'm asking the question, could this be a new generation Dana 44, or will we finally see a factory option Dana 60 coming from Jeep? Wouldn't that or, be fun? <laughs> or is this a Dana axle at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah, see? So uh, there's uh, uh, any number of different ways this could play out, and right now Jeep is playing this very close to the vest because I'm wow. sure this is going to be something that's going to be offered through JPP, Jeep Performance Parts, and will be mm -hmm. essentially an aftermarket option, meaning that if you have a TJ out there, who's to say that you couldn't get one of these uh, extra heavy-duty new generation heavy-duty axles from Jeep? I don't know what they're going to mm -hmm. be, what they're going to be called. Or even what the specs are on them yet. But if they're going to say heavy duty and give you even more towing capabilities than what the uh, max tow package gives you, what am I thinking here? Maybe 10 plus thousand pounds of towing? 12,000 pounds of towing? That'd be amazing. That would be pretty damn cool. Now, what is also exciting is that the dealers have been told that there is going to be an all-new wheel package for the 2024 model year for all Wranglers and all trim levels. We don't know what it's going to look like yet, and we also don't know what the price tag for any of this stuff is going to look like as well. Just that these are likely what we could expect from Jeep in 2024. So I'm going to ask the question to both you, the listener, and uh, my co-host here. What would you guys like to see from Jeep in the new model year? Uh, for me, when I see these uh, students coming with brand new Jeeps and they got BF Goodrich tires, <laughs> I would love to see something other than that because they're street tires for off-roading i'd rather have even an rtx or an mt at least if you're going to go off-road you know that would be me but it kind of seems like, like they should have an off-road tire or at least an option right you you would think but i see everybody coming and they've got this jeep that's it's not you know stock is not necessarily set up for the off-roading but it is set up to go off-road and uh they put these street tires on them I'd, and and or 20 inch rims like really what <laughs> You can't even air down. <laughs> that, that's been a trend that I've actually been seeing out here in, in Oregon lately is larger wheel packages on Jeeps. I've been seeing 20s Good. and even 22s out there. Now, granted, these are Jeeps that have a significant amount of lift, and so they also have some tire on them. They're not rubber bands around these things. They're not, it's all, not all street tires. I'm seeing mud terrain tires on 22-inch rims on Jeeps. Wow. What the heff? Yeah. I mean, I don't think people understand. You you need to air. Well, you should be airing down. Yeah, <laughs> it just there's no sidewall there. It doesn't give you enough no, tire. No, it won't with. be enough flex either. It's not yeah. going to do it, you any good. May, you might as well keep them. It may look good when you're out there mall crawling, but when you actually get into the off road and and you need that tire, uh, that wheel is going to do you a lot of disservice. The the yeah. tires that come on the vehicle don't. They don't. Uh, they don't have to change the the MPG ratings, do they? I mean, I can't imagine why they wouldn't offer a more aggressive, wider off-road tire. I I think part of it is the people buying a Jeep probably drive more on the highway than they do. But you could put it even an AT would be better off the yeah, off-road. No, I mean, I mean, it has a lot to do with the looks, bit. the aggressive nature, of the looks of the vehicle. Yes, I mean, even but, if you're not taking it off-road. But today you can get an AT or an RT that does not have that sort of major aggressive look like an, like an MT might. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, the Gladiator came with uh, ATs, and they're, yeah. they're just street tires. Yes, but they are capable to do some dirt, and that would even be better. You know, it's just, I just don't understand it. Here, this is a brand. 
kind of designed to go off road. I just don't understand. I don't want to go too down the rabbit trail of, you know, the the, the capabilities of an all terrain versus the capabilities of a mud terrain. But it it, it raises the point of of the the way that the tire industry has been going over the last, I'm going to say, five to seven years. And we've seen a an increase from tire manufacturers of what I call what I have been calling hybrid tires. They're not an all terrain. They're not quite a mud terrain. There's something like in R- between. There's an RTX. They're def- yeah, they're definitely more um, the much more aggressive than an all terrain, but far less aggressive than a mud terrain. And, and it gives you sort of that 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 hybrid tire to where you can yes. you can still get out there and you can still get some traction and still clear those tires out. But they're not going to be humming down the road, and you're not going to sacrifice a couple MPGs by slapping on some big meats. So, Unless, you know, yeah. it's, it's sort of the direction I think things are going, and I think it's going to be a matter of time before we see that become the new industry standard or, or factory option tire package for Jeeps in the future. Possibly, you know, 2030, but I'm, I'm calling it now. I'm making that prediction now. Well, and, you know, we, we did that tire testing for Toyo for the RT Trail, which is exactly what you're talking about. It's a hybrid between the AT and the MT, and it has a nice look to it. And I know Nexon just came out with one as well. So I think you're right, Josh. We may be looking at that hybrid in between, and it, it should be the standard. But honestly, when you buy a Jeep, man, negotiate to get better tires. Oh, yeah. No, deal. that's I think that's a, that's a given right there. Even some takeoffs from the back lot. Come on. Oh. Please. <laughs> Just. Hey, Wendy, speaking of Toyos, can you talk about that yet? Uh, it's yes, it's not. It was not them. We don't think. Just a fluke. So you know what I'm talking about. Uh, you know what, sh- what we're talking about, Josh? No, I, I think I need some context here, guys. <laughs> Help me out. So we were driving the Chevy lifted with um, Toyo RT trail tires, less than 300 miles. And we had a blowout in the front left. Oh, damn. almost almost lost it at seventy miles an hour. Yes, thank you oh, to Bill for doing right. a really good job. Um, I I, I so, kind of know what that's like. I not a yeah. lifted truck, but it was a car, and I had a blowout at sixty five miles an hour on the freeway on I five uh, yeah, heading south, there. and 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 I I damn near lost it. Yeah, uh, this that was, was all that the, was a yeah. scary as f moment. I can't imagine. In a lifted truck with the front going out, what 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 happened? Yeah, it you know obviously the weight of that tire popping, it just you know shifted down. Of course, everything oh, yeah. shifted to the left. You're going to the center divider. Luckily, Were you guys the car towing next- at the time? Did you have no, a load? Thank oh, goodness, thank no. God, seriously. But it you know Bill's experience driving and doing a lot of stuff, he just you know kept a hold. But it was watching him; it was all he could do to keep that steering wheel from bouncing yep. all over the place. It was so bad. But anyway, what happened is the tire came off the center part of the rim like it broke from the bead but it it didn't it didn't rip the tire there was no sidewall damage there was no puncture there was nothing so it was except just a spontaneous it just decompression via a loss of bead came off yeah and wow. so we just think it's a fluke i mean 300 miles on the tire <laughs> so we're we're still running them on the truck. We've got four of them. Jeez, so. oh, really? braver than I would be. Yeah, I I would have. I think I would have made the call and well, uh, and and switched. Something. That, that was my that was my first thought was get them off and put my Nexons back on. You know, because I love that the tire. tire. Did the uh, the the service center, the company you bought them from, did they take care of you? I mean, was was there an option saying, geez, we're really sorry this happened with so few miles. 
would you like to switch a brand or model so, or something like that? No, this was a, we did a tire demo and a tire test for Toyo. Oh, oh so this is through Toyo directly. Okay, correct. I understand so, now. But after checking everything and looking, it's not something that they were worried about as far as, you know, the whole lot. We think it was just a fluke with one with one tire. Okay, like, so there was a tire issue. Yes, it's definitely something in the rubber, but it was not a redirection of Did they that. Pay for damage to the vehicle. I imagine the rim had to get screwed up. No, everything was fine. I'm telling you, it's the weirdest thing. You know, Bill ah. did a great job, and no rim damage. We didn't nothing. Man, so that's off to Bill. Good job, buddy. Good, but yeah, so we're all good. But I so, still believe in the tires, and I know that the other, like Paul Crawford, who listened to the show, he's running them on his Gladiator. We just did Cougar Buttes last weekend. And those ATs are performing as good as our Nexons. Um, mm -hmm. There was some spots where I could see the Nexon grips better on rock. Um, and down in Cougar Buttes, those rocks don't move. They're very stationary in, in the ground. Mm -hmm. um, so you use them for traction really well. But uh, he did really well with those ATs. And he's on 35s, I believe. Oh, don't quote me. He's probably going to get mad at me. He might be 37. <laughs> I think he did upgrade to 37s. But the bottom line is he he did a really good job with the AT, or not ATs. I'm sorry. The, the RT trails smacked me saying the wrong thing. But yeah, there it's a good tire and it's quiet on the road. He's going to be at a EGS in the Gladiator on those tires. So oh, cool. he's, he's driving from Big Bear all the way to e EGS. So Tell him to look cool. us up. Yeah. Speaking of Easter Jeep Safari... Uh, the the teases from Jeep uh, regarding the Easter Jeep Safari they're they're still coming. It's no secret that the Jeep likes to bring some pretty cool concept vehicles to the annual Jeep Mecca event, the Easter Jeep Safari in Moab, Utah. Tony, are you going to check out the concept vehicles this year in person? I'm going to drive them. <laughs> you bastard! How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> That's my goal, Josh. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope so. I hope you get a chance to get some wheel time, man. That would be really super cool. Every year, Jeep brings something to show that they are still imaginative and showcase the new technologies that they are or might be working on or are bringing to production. This year, the teaser images have been coming regularly, as Jeep has been known to do now. And this last week, Jeep did not disappoint. In fact, we were actually talking about these on episode 786. I'm kind of excited to start getting into these a little bit. Now, the first of these last two Easter Jeep Safari concept teasers are supposed to be a glimpse as to what the Magneto 3.0 concept may end up looking like. And as the name applies, this is the third iteration of the Magneto Electric Wrangler, after bringing visions of the last two, year, uh, two years to the Easter Jeep Safari. Now, the original Magneto made 285 horsepower and 273 pound-feet of torque. Respectable, nothing to brag about, and definitely had the looks to turn heads. Version 2.0 had a significantly higher 625 horsepower and wow. 850 pound-feet of torque. Oh my gosh. had a six-speed manual transmission out of a Dodge Charger SRT Hellcat. Because <laughs> yeah. I think they probably needed that kind of a transmission to handle that kind of grunt. Yes. You think? The drivetrain also had the automaker's rock track transfer case and solid Dana axles at both ends. Well, duh. Now, yeah. compared to a normal two-door Wrangler, the wheelbase was even 12 inches longer. I think because they actually made that Magneto two-door concept out of a four-door chassis, but I digress. Now, Jeep eventually plans to offer a fully electric Wrangler, and it is using the Magneto models as more or less rolling test beds, rolling mules, if you will, for working out what a production version would be like and sort of what they need to do as far as tweaking out the bugs. 
Now, out of the seven concepts that Jeep says they'll be bringing to Easter Jeep Safari, this next one is what got my attention the most, and here's why. Finally, a truly retro-designed Jeep with lots of gratuitous nostalgia. <laughs> and from what I can tell, it looks like it was born from the original FSJ Cherokee, the full-size Jeep Cherokee. Now, the photo shows a close-up of the front end of this concept Jeep from the driver's side front corner. The grille is instantly recognizable with round headlights at either end and a multi-slot grille that comes to a point in the center across the horizontal line. It looks just like the grills found on the Cherokee and the Wagoneer models from the 60s and the 70s. It has what looks like the JLU marker lights below the headlights and recessed into the bright yellow bodywork. The Jeep has a classic 70s scalped paint scheme with yellow primary and burnt orange accents. The picture appears to show a two-door Jeep, but one that does not resemble the current Cherokee or Wagoneer for that matter. We also see a blue recovery hook, just like the ones found on all the 4XE Jeeps. And it is protruding from what looks like a Wrangler bumper, but this clearly is not a Wrangler vehicle. The large mud terrain tires and chrome oval slot matchbox-like car wheels really help bring it all together, though, at least for me. Definitely rounds out that retro look. The 2023 Easter Jeep Safari is Saturday, April 1st through Sunday, April 9th, and yes, Jeep Talk Show is going to be there. Oh, I would first love time. to be there to see these, yeah. First time, Tony? This is your first time? Yep. First time to Utah, as far as I can remember. Awesome. What do you guys think of this of this concept? Now, I've I've it's no secret here on the Jeep Talk Show that I am a big fan of like the Kaiser era Jeeps. The 60s and 70s era of, of Jeeps just had some incredible design cues to them. And and honestly, automakers nowadays have been going back to the 60s and 70s for retro design cues to bring back to cars of nowadays for that very specific look that was so iconic for the generation. This Jeep has that, and it has it in spades. And my God, does this really look like a sick Jeep that belongs off-road. Yeah, it looks awesome. I can't. I hope this is what they actually show us. And Tony I, I, know, I know. Some of these, some of these wait. images have been in the past a little overdone, you know? A yeah. little bit like, Black, okay... Yeah. That wasn't really the concept that we were thinking yeah. you were going to be bringing with this, but but okay. But nonetheless, I, I honestly think that this is going to be kind of a combination of like a 70s, 80s matchbox car version of a Jeep and like the um, beach Jeep that we saw back in like 2017 or 2018. That concept, that that uh, that light blue concept Jeep that uh, that they brought to Easter Jeep Safari one year that really looked amazing. Um, and it had it had some design cues on it that were um, a little bit of a throwback to yesteryear, but definitely had styling, a, mo a much more modern styling, and of course, all the modern drivetrain options and everything else like that. I think this is going to be that mix of old school and new school, perfectly combined. It's going to be fun seeing it in person. Uh, pictures oh. are nice, but it doesn't uh, replace seeing it in person. Now, oh God, Tony, and if you get to drive that goddamn thing, ah. Well, we'll see. We'll see uh, yeah. how much uh, how much begging I can do and see if it works. <laughs>
Well, hey, Jeep Talk Show listener, as always, we're on the lookout for the latest and greatest news and tips to bring to you, our fellow Jeep enthusiasts. Do you have any news tips or story ideas that you think we should recover here on the show? Have you seen a headline lately that you're like, man, I'm surprised Jeep Talk Show hasn't talked about this yet? Whether it's a new product release, an upcoming event, or even a hot topic in the Jeep community, like something you saw in a relatively new uh, article or something like that, or even on social media, we want to hear from you. What's going on in your Jeep world? What are you seeing out there? Head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Very easy link, jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. There you're going to find out all the different ways you can interact with us here at the show. It'll be real fun. Now, Wendy, Josh, I, I don't know if you guys have been to Easter Jeep Safari in the past, but of course you have been camping, you have gone off-roading. Um, I would be interested to, to know, especially if you have anything, any information about Easter Jeep Safari, what I should look, what I, what I should look at, what I should do. Uh, and if not, uh, what about camping? What, what are the do's and don'ts? Tony, did you, uh, did you sign up through the Red Rock Wheelers, their uh, informational magazine that they release every year before Easter Jeep Safari that has all of the maps and, and local uh, uh, points of interest and, and uh, it, it kind of the, it's your... Your first-timers look at, if you're going to Easter Jeep Safari, and this is your first, second, or maybe even third time, this is what you want to do and how you want to do it. And it pretty much spells it out for you in all your different options as to the different things that you have in front of you that you can do, you can stay, you can eat, you can look, and, and all that other stuff. And, of course, all the different trail runs and stuff and, and the times and, and, and the different groups of trails that you can sign up for and everything else like well, that. Did you, I guess did you indirectly, that? I guess indirectly I did because uh, I, I know Greg Henderson, uh, unofficial use only, who's going to show me around. And uh, Bob, two cheap Jeep guys, uh, has been there several times. Now, we're purposely not uh, going to be uh, doing any of the trail runs or uh, be on any of the trails that the, uh, the Red Rock uh, group is going to be doing. Nothing against them. It's just that it, uh, Greg it's says crowded. it gets very, very yeah. crowded. And, it, yeah. and crowded wouldn't be so bad if everybody and their mom wasn't stopping to take a selfie. I mean, well, it's, it's understandable, of course. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So uh, a smaller group uh, taking selfies is going to go go a lot faster <laughs> than one with a yeah. long trail of jeeps. I think uh, you're going to end up probably doing some night wheeling while you're out there. I, I'm, I I'm hoping guess. so. We talked about that in the, yeah. the Tuesday uh, recording of the Zoom uh, meeting uh, for the roundtable, and uh, we talked about that. I definitely want to do that with all the lights that I've got on there, especially the rock lights that I've got on uh, on the Gladiator now. Are so you taking the? Go ahead, Wendy. I was going to say, as far as camping, because I've not been to Jeep Safari, I've been to other events, so there'll be lots of things to see and check out, and I would bring some bags, uh, like totes, to be able to put material in if you're going to look at other types of products, because that happens at those kind of events. You can pick up all kinds of things. But as far as camping, um, the air mattress you've already got, make sure you've got pillows. But I would... Yeah, um, don't just, forget the pillow. Yeah, I've, I've yeah. learned from Josh about pillows. So <laughs> what I would recommend on that air mattress is you need another heavy blanket on top of it mm-hmm. so that your sleeping bag lays on top of that blanket because the air mattress will suck the heat out of the out of your body and the, the uh, oh, sleeping yeah. bag. So having an extra layer, that's one thing for camping because you don't realize sometimes it gets cold. <laughs> I would, we, I would did, also, we didn't have that trouble in June, did we, uh, Josh? <laughs> You're not going to be in Texas. You're going to be in the high desert. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a good point, uh, Wendy. Thank you. <laughs> and also like a, a beanie or a cap to put on your head because sometimes if it gets really cold and you're losing that body temperature, um, just putting a beanie on to sleep in is actually very comfortable. So 
that'd be the thing I would do. And just layers because it is going to be chilly compared to what you're used to. So, and, and extra socks because when you're out doing stuff and you get sweaty or whatever, you're going to need, the, you're going to want socks. Trust me. Clean socks, dry socks. Sounds good. That's great. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I don't know if I'm even going to take a sleeping bag. Um, I, I'm thinking <gasps> uh, uh, a nice blanket, like what you were saying, a blanket to put over well, the airbag, no. and then a heavy okay. blanket to get underneath. Yeah, no. I'm saying you need a layer on top of that mattress, and then whatever bedding is on top of that. So yep, just putting it. just just putting a blanket on the mattress, and then you laying on that is not going to work. That will suck them. The heat right out of your body. I'm telling you, this is <laughs> I've slept on air mattresses in tents. I know it. I know how cold it can get, and you don't realize it. So anyway, that's my tip. Is there anything to uh, look for in that environment? I mean, maybe that's what you were just saying, but is there anything that I should look for? I mean, I would assume that it uh, the humidity is much lower uh, than what I'm used to, which is 99.999 percent here off uh, the off the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> well, it, I mean, it, it could be cold. Yeah. It's a desert, so it's going to be chilly. And if the wind's blowing, which I know blows like crazy out there, um, that'll take everything out of you. So I'm just saying to prepare for your sleeping at night. Get, you know, like if you have a comforter, double it up and let, you know, put that on your mattress and then whatever you're going to sleep with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Trust me, you're going to thank me for that later. Yep. It's going to be fun. Tony, It'll be are interesting. Are you going to maybe get like one of those uh, hitch mounted cargo racks or something like that? Are, are you worried about uh, having space for everything? Nope. Not, uh, I'm, pl- I'm definitely not taking a lot of stuff. I always overpack and I'm yeah. uh, not going to be doing that this time. I'm not taking any food either. I'm just going to eat from whatever the food is up there. Bugs and rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Twigs, uh, errant uh, raccoon or a skunk. I, yeah. Well, I would definitely bring water. I know that sounds kind of weird, but that type of climate will also dehydrate you mm-hmm. yeah, without definitely, you realizing it. Yeah, definitely got to get a, uh, going to go over to Walmart. Uh, actually, Bob uh, put me on to a, like a $20 uh, eight gallon uh, thing of water. I don't know that I want to get the eight gallon because uh, I'm hoping I, that I can just kind of shove things over to the side and have enough room yeah. there for uh you know the setting up the air mattress because it's a single it's not like a two two person air mattress right and uh this to uh, be able to uh, be there put up the tent it'll the temp goes up really quickly and uh i really like that tent boy it, it's really really neat to be able to just uh not have to put anything on the ground just pop it up on the uh the, the gladiator and uh, it's only a five-foot bed, but whenever the tailgate is down, it gives you over seven feet of uh, space. I was going to ask. I was like, do you fit in the bed of the Gladiator? But I, I guess, yeah, the tailgate's included in that, so you get an extra couple of feet there. So, yeah. Yep, yep. It's uh, like 68 inches or something like that, or, or more. I, I don't remember the inches. But, yeah, no, it should be great. And if, if nothing else, I can sleep somewhat diagonally. It'll be fine. There's always the front seat, you know, lay the seat, front seat back. So there's, I'm not worried about it. You couldn't have gotten it in red. I know, I know. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to harass him on that. Oh, I know. It's endless. Well, red is part of orange. So that's where I'm going with that. Damn it. (laughs) You need red in order to make orange. Yeah. So there you go. really an honored, uh, uh, you know, Ken uh, Turderski from uh, Tyree Lights sent me those wonderful Tyree Lights that I've got on the Gladiator. If you guys haven't seen the, the video that uh, Bill, Andrew, and I did uh, out there at uh, Hidden Falls, uh, you need to go check that out on our YouTube, uh, the Jeep Talk Show YouTube channel. 
uh, and uh, going to be there uh, in the booth. I don't know if, if you guys are aware of it or not, uh, but uh, the the Tyree lights that uh, that uh, Ken sent uh, have nice, very nice covers, and they have kind of embossed. Uh, I guess it would be a negative emboss, so that the the logo kind of sticks out of the covers. But it's mm-hmm. the same color. It's just the, the same color plastic. So uh, I asked my wife if she wouldn't mind cutting me some decals to perfectly fit those raised portions of the logo. So now I have Tyree light covers with the white portion uh, where the, the letters are, the logo. So uh, mm. that'll, uh, that'll stand out quite nicely on my trip uh, up there and in the, uh, the booth at uh, Tyree Lights. And it can't tell me which booth it's going to be, but damn it, I've forgotten what it was, and I didn't put it here in the show notes. But I'm sure that uh, there's a, a map or something of all the vendors. So uh, please come by and uh, and say hello. I will be wearing a red Jeep Talk Show hat. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G, and I just want to give you guys a quick update on my Jeep XJ. Uh, I pulled the engine out, and I'm starting to tear it down and get to the bottom of why I lost compression. Uh, I suspect a head gasket, but haven't confirmed it. But I'll keep you guys updated on what I find. But don't worry, it's still red. Well, that's not <laughs> why I'm calling. God, I'm calling to tell you that I got a flat in Wendy's Jeep. Yeah, Wendy, my uh, lovely wife, not the lovely co-host. <laughs> Although the lovely co-host <laughs> could be my could wife, be my and my wife, wife could be the lovely co-host. I love that. I'm not picky about who's hogging the blankets. I got a flat in her Jeep, and I couldn't <laughs> just quite lift it up high enough. Luckily, a vampire came and helped me out. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. It was Count Jackula. Oh, jeez. I mentioned they're going to be 18% funnier someday. All right, boys and girls, I'll catch you later. And have a good one. Bye. Oh, my God. That, the, it almost sounded like the cereal, Count Dracula. Remember the cereal? The, oh, the yeah. chocolate Count cereal? Do it, Josh. Yeah. Count Chocula. One, two, three. <laughs> two balls of cereal. Ah, ah, there you go. <laughs> you got to trigger him. Once you trigger him, he's he's going to do it. <laughs> well, I I had to go there. Count Chocula. I remember that. The milk turned chocolate. It was good. All right. So uh, we're really excited to announce that in our next interview episode, we will be featuring a special guest interview with Bill Bear, a well-known figure in the Jeep community. We've spoken with Bill in the past. He's the guy that took various Tesla components and turned his TJ into a fully electric vehicle, an EV. In fact, he had to turn the power down so he wouldn't twist off all of the Jeep parts, like the axles and the uh, the uh, the pinion and the ring and all that stuff. So, wow. oh man, it'd be nice to have the full 500 horsepower, wouldn't it? Uh, but uh, there we go. You know, he must have uh, spent a lot of time wrenching on that. I, I've seen a couple of uh, teaser videos uh, back in the day. I think when he was first starting on that. But uh, you know, to be honest. Uh, I bet he turned a lot of wrenches for a lot of hours to make all that happen. A lot of fabrication. But I imagine that you yourself are probably not wrenching on your Jeep quite extensively. But if you are familiar to wrenching on vehicles in general, well, then chances are by now you've developed or discovered at least a few little tricks along the way that help make things go a little bit easier when it is time to open up the toolbox. I recently did a a tech talk where I went over all sorts of helpful hacks and tips and tricks. And it made me think of one of my more favorite pro tips for working in tight spaces. And it kind of... Maybe a miss is like, why didn't I, you know, do this on that last tech talk? Well, I'm going to do it now. 
I love this trick because it's easy to use and it always works. It works so well to keep you from fumbling your nuts in a tight, splay, tight place. Now, if you've ever run into a situation, yeah, okay, and there you go. If you ever run into a situation <laughs> where you need to thread a nut or a bolt onto uh, or onto something in a tight place or with little to no access with your hand, getting things started with your fingers may not be an option. And being able to secure a nut or a bolt to a wrench or inside of a socket can get you working where your fingers can't. But what if you have a nut that needs to be threaded onto a long stud or a bolt? A deep socket is needed here, but the nut just falls to the bottom of the socket, and there's no telling if you're going to get that started right. It, if you, it won't if you have the socket stuffed with tissue paper. That nut is not going to fall down to the bottom of the, of the socket if there's something in the bottom of the socket to keep the nut from falling there. A little toilet paper in the socket cavity will keep the nut from falling all the way down, but it will give way and compress as the threads protrude through the nut. So let's say all you need to do is hold that nut in place while you thread this shoulder bolt through a hole, but you can't see or access the area where the nut is going and there isn't enough clearance for a socket. Well, using some painter's tape, electrical tape, or my personal favorite and go-to tape for many things is Gorilla Tape. It's like duct tape, but on steroids, and is the perfect tape for working around grit and grime. You know, the kind of stuff that you find on a cheap. Place a small piece of tape to the broadside face of the wrench so it spans across the wrench's opening. Now place your nut in the pocket that you've just created. The head of the nut will adhere to the tape and stay in place no matter the angle or pitch of the wrench. And as the nut gets threaded, the tape will stretch and be pushed out of the way or will release from the wrench altogether, allowing full protrusion of the bolt. A small ball of tape in the bottom of a regular socket can help hold the face of the nut or the head of a bolt enough to feed it down in vertically without dropping it into a recess or a vertical stud. It may take a couple of tries before you figure out the proper amount of tape and what kind is easiest to work with for your needs, your tools, and of course, how you operate. This is awesome. I love hacks like this because, you know, sometimes you just, <laughs> like me, I'd be trying to get that threaded on there, and why is it not going on? I love it. This it, is great. It's, it's so frustrating, and you you learn these things the hard way, yes. or you listen to the Jeep talk show and find out about it ahead of time. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, you, you know, this is something to add to your, your kit on board, is the tissue and or the tape. I love this, Josh. This is great. I that's why I've always got some kind of paper towel out in the garage with me, yep. whether it's the Scott mm -hmm. Blue shop towels, you know, yep. or just a little paper towels from the dollar store. You know, it works for all sorts mm -hmm. of things. Need to wipe your hands really quick. Need to wipe down, uh, you know, something uh, that you don't want to use a rag on or something like that. Need to absorb something really quick. Or you just need to tear off a corner and shove it in a socket. It's always out in the garage and always in reach. Well, that's a wrap for this installment of Tech Talk Jeeper, and I hope you enjoyed this little tool hack. Be sure to tune in to our next episode of Tech Talk, where we'll be discussing even more tech tips and tricks. Thanks for listening, and always keep on jeeping. Hey, Wendy, you recently sent me an email about uh, doing, uh, going over and have a look at the uh, the new website uh, that uh -huh. uh, you, Bill, and Don have. Couldn't you? Can you tell us a little bit about the, what's going on there? Yeah, we just updated our, our website, Trails411. Um, you can check it out, also known as Jeep 4x4 School. Um, that's where we do training for new students, uh, people that are new to driving or want to take their driving to the next level, essentially. You don't have to be a new driver. You could actually be somebody who's driving for a long time, and maybe you want to do some rock crawling or that. But we also do um, corporate events. So we work with different types of companies 
and help their drivers learn to drive whatever terrain they're on. Um, for instance, like maybe an Amazon or uh, a utility company we're working with right now that actually um, helping them to not roll over and to <laughs> learn to understand. Always good. It's always hey, good. This looks pretty that. sharp, Wendy. I, I just yes. popped over to uh, jeep4x4school.com. Yeah. And uh, and looking pretty sharp. I like the uh, the slideshow. Um, all of the text really pops now. Uh, not you. to say that it washed out in the images before, but no, there's but definitely did. more contrast now. Yeah. Um, and nice. so that, that text really stands out on all the slides. So whoever Thank I was working with you guys, you, you, you did a really good job together. Yeah, she did a good job. But what we're doing, we took a lot of that same information Donna already had, and we just sort of made it more current. Um, but there's a section on there for the books that he's published and does. With uh, We're in it as well, but those are his writings. We're also going to have a review section on the on the website, which we're just getting that up and running right now. So it's all sort of revamped and new and then easy to click onto the videos for our YouTube channel. So um, Bill's been working on producing more videos and Don as well. And so we're just trying to get that content out there for people to watch. So. But yes, it's thank you for mentioning I, that, Tony. Who's, who's in the in the black? Is it black Jeep or a dark green with the gold wheels? Guys, just that's looking like Don. a gangster up there. Just, I mean, with the, it's all off camera and stuff. It's like that's, that's a Don hot thing. Oh, you Good wouldn't, job. you wouldn't believe how much stuff's been done to that Jeep. I mean, he's got oh. the Curry uh, Rock Jock axles on there. Uh, yes, yep. Yeah, and uh, that that was a Sahara, Josh, that started. Yeah, that was that was a complete build. I mean, they complete. he 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 went with the Sahara so that they could build that thing up, and they would yep. did all that on the YouTube channel. So, yep. uh, Wendy, tell me more about if I don't know how much you can tell me about the the commercial customer and the rollovers, mm -hmm. but tell me uh, a little bit about that. I mean, I know we spoke with a, uh, spoke about it offline a bit, and I found it really interesting that they actually not only and, and don't want to joke about the rollovers because they actually had some deaths, uh, didn't they? Yes, they they had somebody who and you know their roads are narrow when they're getting to a transmission line. They may be in a hurry, and so don't know all the exact details, but we can speculate. Um, when people drive on a cut or shelf road and there's a narrow section, uh, it's natural for us to want to get away from that. So the pot, the person probably turned a little bit uphill, putting the vehicle up on the side. And mm -hmm. then of course it rolled would be my guess. Um, that particular person did not survive, which is very sad. Oh. Then they had, a, they had another one happen. I would say, let's say a year later, it could be less, could be a little bit more, um, where the woman did the exactly what we're talking about. Sort of the, the vehicle was kind of tilting a little bit off camber and rather than sticking with it straight, like we talk about or staying focused, she probably turned up and then actually rolled it, but it just went on its side. She was fine. Just a flop. Um, yeah. a flop. And we have been working with them and uh, just to help really take the driver and say, what is the dirt telling you? And really getting people to think about how to drive, which is what we do in our classes anyway, is we get you to start thinking about how does your Jeep feel or your vehicle feel? These are trucks, by the way, they're not even Jeeps. Uh, how does the vehicle feel? What are the tires telling you? What is the dirt telling you? Turning to learn to read the terrain. Because when you're out and things change, obviously we've had a lot of weather down here in Southern California. So maybe you've been driving this road for five years and all of a sudden now there's a washout or there's a rut or there's something that's different. Rocks are exposed. So just getting people to be aware of that has been fabulous. So we're excited with that. But that's that. But we've also done with Dana Spicer. We took them out with some of the drivers for their team because they go and do events all over the country, but they weren't maybe as confident of being able to lead runs for Dana Spicer, like at Easter Jeep Safari and things like that. So we went out and took them out and gave them some training. 
Um, we've worked with some Amazon uh, distributors that um, actually have Amazon drivers, and those vehicles are not four-wheel drive most of the time. And so how to get unstuck, um, we're teaching them how to also get out and do that. So, But we've also done tire events for Nexon, and Don's done stuff for Hancock and all kinds of brands, Toyo. Um, and then we also did a Ram truck event where we um, were assisting and helping uh, Nina Barlow and in that event. So we do a lot of different things for different corporate stuff as well. So let me, so let, and, you, and you keep, and you direct me back uh, from away from this uh, edge if, if, if it's not correct, but I'm thinking that the, the utility company didn't contact you guys for help until after there was uh, problems until after that is they correct. lost some equipment and lost at least one person. What's interesting about that is we do runs for Redlands Jeep dealership. Mm-hmm. Whenever you buy a brand new Jeep, we take the people out on a, a basic run to kind of get them exposed to off-road. One of those people actually worked for that utility company and said, hey, I think you guys could help us out. And that's how it started. Mm-hmm. So it's and, interesting. And one of the reasons why I'm asking you this is, is that I want to make sure if there's somebody out there listening to the show, we put the bug in their ear about, well, you know, this might be a good thing for us. And, yeah. uh, and if they're in California, because that's where you guys are, mm-hmm. uh, Big Bear Lake, California, how, how far do you guys go? Uh, is it just there? or how? No, we would do most of, at least half the state. Okay, so uh, if nothing else, if you went to uh, jeep4x4school.com, you could reach out and see if uh, when you guys are available and uh, yep. how far you could go, if you could come help them. But but do it before you have a loss of equipment <laughs> yeah. and certainly loss of life. Uh, I mean, nobody likes to spend money. It hurts the, the bottom line, but vehicles are expensive. Uh, training people is expensive, so try to think of it from that, that standpoint. Yeah, we have a lot of fun, and I I love working with individual students, too. We have all kinds of, from women to first-time people driving to maybe they've got a Jeep they just got all set up, and they don't even understand how to use it. And we also do recovery classes and teach people how to do that. We've done that with overlanding um, groups that come out and want to learn how to use a winch or a strap or, you know, how to tread lightly. We sort of do it all, Mm -hmm. you know, as far as that goes, and being... Teaching people, I, I believe we're mentors in the world, right? You're going to help people to take care of the trails, be respectful. We're very involved in trail maintenance and keeping things going. So it's kind of an all-encompassing, but you know what? When we tailor those classes for who it is the client is, whether it's a commercial application or an individual person just trying to learn how to how to drive and, and do more with their Jeep. Mm-hmm. So I, I know, uh, well, I, I feel you're probably the primary spotter for, for this, for these classes. You know, we all three of us have our points, but yes, I would definitely be a primary spotter. But a lot of that is teaching people how to think, you know, and how to read the dirt and how to understand. My When I start with anybody, even if it's corporate, I say, we're going to teach you how to feel your vehicle. And you guys have heard me talk on the show. Feeling your Jeep or feeling what your vehicle's doing oh, very important. is so yeah. important to what you're doing in the uh, out there. So. That's kind of how I started, but yes, it's kind of a combination. We all have our little parts, and the three of us work very well together. It's very cohesive. Most of our students all come back and say, I can't believe how patient you are and how you guys teach and how you train, and we just love it. So so how often do you have to say no other driver or other passenger? <laughs> <laughs> 
No. Yeah, I know you don't, but I thought it no. was funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, really cool. Well, I'm glad you guys are doing that. Uh, and if people don't uh, remember, or maybe you're uh, new to the, the show, uh, that's how I met Wendy. I went out yes. uh, because uh, Don Alexander got me involved with a Nexon uh, run tire. of a total yep. of, yeah, Nexon tire uh, a run out there. And I think there was a total of like uh, five or six people that were invited. Yes. Yeah, all uh, different all different genres because you were from a talk show and that was when you met Amy Granite from Corva uh-huh. and there were I think two or three other tire dealers there because they were introducing the Nexon tires being brand new we took you out and got you to drive yep and you only had to slap me once and I, once. I appreciate that <laughs> just once Well, Jeeper, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Jeep Talk Show. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and a review on your favorite podcast platform or wherever you find the Jeep Talk Show. Also, be sure to follow us on social media. We're on every platform. I dare you to find one we're not. Okay, some of you took that dare a little too seriously and have made a deep fake OnlyFans account for the show, and I would think that it would be a dereliction of my duties as a professional podcaster if I didn't speak directly to the person or persons responsible for this and say, thank you. Thank you, thank you for being so generous with, uh, how should we put this, our portrayal, if you will. See, I knew the account was fake because Tony wouldn't be caught dead wearing a blue garter belt. <laughs> no, it'd that be was red. The funniest. It'd be, it'd red. be red, exactly. <laughs> Broadcasting since 2010.